I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, Lizzie Dastin, and myself, Justin Bua, really known as Bua, although Lizzie calls me Justin, which is... Sometimes I don't even respond to it. I'm like, Who? we're friends. I'm not going to call you by your surname. Yeah, but my friends call me Boo. My mom calls me Justin. I feel like Justin is when I'm in trouble. Justin, mm, like, I get oh, that. Oh, when no, I hear I'm Elizabeth, I know I've done wrong. Yeah. No, but I feel like that's probably what's been happening. And also that everyone remembers Jason is my name when they see me and they never forget Boo. Therefore, being monominous is better than having a first name. <laughs> I mean, All right, I, well, you're never in trouble with me, so I'm just okay. going to call you Bua. I'll work on that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so today, so we got a writer. So sometimes we take, not sometimes, we often do, take advice from people writing in because if we feel like if you've taken the time to write in, then we want to take the time to at least rewrit your writing if you're not completely out of your mind, which a lot of people are, and so we just have to really, you know, we can't respond to everything, but we got a really good... Uh, inquiry to something that was that I don't think we've talked about and it's Latinx or Latinx or nobody I'm Latin but I'm not going to tell you that I know how to pronounce it because Latinx that I've heard sounds like Kleenex (laughs) which is interesting (laughs) not to segue and derail (laughs) but it's funny Kleenex is one of those things that's like you know like you don't think of tissue paper you think of Kleenex like the brand is bigger than the actual that's true. Thing, right? It's like, like Clorox and bleach. Exactly. You yeah. don't say, oh, let me get some bleach. You say, let me get some Clorox. Or, oh, oh, can I get a Q-tip? You don't say, can I get a cotton swab on a stick? <laughs> or Band-Aid. Can I get an adhesive Wait, that will cover my wounds? Wait, Band-Aid is a brand? <laughs> yeah. See, that's crazy. I feel like we're really <laughs> going to go into a pop culture like discussion and not a Latinx You were the discussion. one who made the association between Latinx and Kleenex. By the way, if you hear that <laughs> you rumbling... You get a for it, that. It's a military <laughs> helicopter over my incredibly huge studio. We do this podcast from my studio. I have an enormous studio, but unfortunately we have, uh, we have uh, helicopters flying overhead from time to time. So anyway, we decided to take this, you know, this listener's inquiry very serious... Uh, Lizzie did, because I don't read them. But And we decided to do it. Uh, so thank you to Catherine, first of all, for listening, and second of all for... Can you say Catherine who? I don't think was so. Was it Catherine Heigl? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. it was. No, I mean. Our very famous listener, hair, hair Flip. No, but really, thank you for Catherine for coming up with this suggestion. And we always want to introduce a multiplicity of perspectives, not just the two of ours. And so I think it's important. And we let's to introduce a multiplicity... Multiplicity. I'm sorry. I just said it's because everybody always says Lizzie is so smart. This is I'm gonna keep derailing until we never get to talk about this subject because I know nothing about it. No, I'm kidding. But we, and I never said this on air. But when I did my NPR interview a couple of weeks ago, the NPR host calls me and says, "You know, I'm just love your show, Art Attack, and I'm so glad I get to talk to you." And I'm actually so relieved. And I was like, "Well, what are you talking about?" It's like, well. I was worried that I was going to talk to Lizzie, and she's so smart, and she uses so many words. I thought I was going to really be challenged, but I get to talk to you. This is great. And I was like, what? It's like, I mean, I want to say fuck you, but that was, you know, I understand what he's talking about. So, Well, remember, and this will be my one 
little derailment and then we can get back on track. But you told me that you had introduced the show to somebody a few weeks ago and this person just looking at my face said, oh, I really thought I was going to hate her voice, yes. but I don't. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. that's not really a compliment. <laughs> it is though, because you know, you know, it's one of those things, right? People don't know you. You can never not judge a book by its cover, but we've learned over time to never do that. And you know, you're, you're such a great, uh, you're such a great talent, and, and together we're, we're like oil and water. No, I'm kidding. We're like the perfect combination, chemical composition. A delicious snack. There you go. Yes. Ooh, that was cool. So we have talked about the Mexican muralists, and most significantly, their intersections with the Los Angeles art scene. And we talked about Frida and her film and the problematic treatment of her biography and just what was done by the director of that. And so today I thought we could talk about the Latinx community currently in LA or just in the last grouping of years. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, look, you know, historically you got Siqueiras, you have, uh, like you said, Frida, you have... Orozco, uh, Rivera, Rivera, you have so many people who are so important and especially in LA... You know, you basically have a, a highly Latino community and a highly charged mural-centric community. And you could argue that, you know, the it's not the early muralists. You know, the, the, the muralists today, a lot of them who are Latino, um, are making such an impact in, in society. Uh, you look at artists like, El, you know, well, you were going to talk about yours first, so I'll just, I will... I will allow you to take the soapbox. Wow, thank you. I do love a good soapbox. First of all, I think it's important to talk about the way that we even define and identify this community because when I was growing up in LA, we used terms like Chicano or Chicana and then Latino, Latina, not really interchangeably, but those were the terms. And now we say Latinx and that's because people who do not identify with binaries of male and female, they also deserve to be seen and discussed. And so the X, I think it represents generationally younger people, or it could signify that. But most importantly, it's about gender non-binaries included too. And just a, a bigger umbrella and bracket for or from which to discuss, celebrate, and lionize these people. So I think that's really cool. And an artist that I think we should start so talking... So Picasso is not a Latin artist. He's Spanish. Well, I'm not talking about Picasso. No, but I'm, I'm wondering. That's a question that I have. I'm, a, I'm asking Manny, who's Mexican, myself, who's Puerto Rican. Like retroactively, how do yeah, we talk about yeah. people? I don't know. That's a great question. Because it's a very new age thing. And from what I understand, only 3% of Latinos use Latinx in their vocabulary and use it as, or defined by it. Um, you know, myself being Puerto Rican on my dad's side, it's uh, it, it 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 does feel more encompassing. How do you feel about it, Manny? I'm Mexican. <laughs> so you just say Mexican. <laughs> you don't even mess with Latin. Uh, I'm oh, straight. See, See what that's I love. the thing is, you get like the Mexicans or the Salvies or I you know. know you get they just like no, I'm Mexican. I'm not Latin. Is I that what you're trying to say? I believe the people should be. You're more proud to be Mexican than Latin, right? Is that fair to say? There you go. I think that we should discuss people with the language that they choose. And so if you prefer to be discussed as Mexican, then yeah. that's what it is. I prefer to be discussed as a New Yorker. 
You know what I mean? Like right. in a lot what of identifiers ways. really describe yeah, us. Exactly. So, but that's an interesting thing. And if people feel like good, then great. I mean, honestly, to be honest, the Latino artistic community are some of the greatest artists historically and today. And certainly in LA, because we For have sure. such a vibrant, vivacious community living in this city. And I remember when I was studying art for the first time and I was introduced to this world of public art, the most important touchstone was Judy Baca's Great Wall of Los Angeles, which is definitely it was, and I think it still is, the longest mural in the world. And it's 3,000 feet long. It's along the sides of the LA River. River, I put in quotes, which you guys can't see because it's like a dribble of water. Right. It's like a a dirt pond. (laughs) And it's this comprehensive account of a history starting from the dinosaurs moving up through the 1960s and the civil rights movement Mm. and all of that political activism and celebrating the history of this Latinx community. And I think it's a really incredible comprehensive mural. And I love that the topography of the city bed, the riverbed, is used as almost like a film strip. It's a really creative canvas because as the river progresses, so too does the chronology of the story. And Baca was innovative in her collaborative approach to the mural. She -hmm. did not paint the entire thing by herself, but she introduced hundreds of other assistants to help her out. And I think that that spirit is Mm -hmm. very in line with the 1970s and this CR groups, consciousness raising, and this idea that the, the collective consciousness is more powerful and more profound than an individualized perspective. And I love that because it's dialogical. It isn't just her view, her voice. It's really everybody's. And so I think that that is aligned with street art and muralism and graffiti. It's about this broad sense of communication and a really incredible mural. And I think that she was influential to artists. and She continues to be. Yeah. And you know, it is, it is community at the end of the day, right? And that's what it really is. It's all... It feels grassroots. It feels community. It feels like it's the same thing with her uh, teaching. I mean, she does that. She goes to schools all the time. She teaches kids. She gives them assignments. Uh, you know, she's she's a really good, solid artist. I think she what must be like seventy three now. I've she's, never met her, but she's yeah. still she has a presence in L.A. She's founded Spark, mm-hmm. which is in Venice, and so there is a lot of community outreach and activism that's still prevalent in her practice. Yeah, yeah, seventies. That makes sense. And then also, like practically, of course, you want to bring in assistance for a mural like that. That is a very heavy amount of painting to get done. You know what I mean? But I think, but it's really cool. I mean, she has a very positive outlook. Uh, her work is very political, you know, and and spiritual and really tells the story of the common man, you know, a common woman. Just it tells the story, perhaps stories that we don't really, really not interested in because we're kind of obsessed with YouTube and iPhones and Instagram and the glitz and the glamour and the Kylie Jenners, you know what I mean? And she's really telling the kind of spirit of Los Angeles, not what's on top and the surface, you know, you could skate on that, that's shallow, you know, that cracks and breaks. She's, she's talking about 
visually telling the story of community, the people that help build and continue to build Los Angeles. And the fact that she's doing it outside is just so democratic. It's accessible to everybody. People like Orozco, they have done that too. He's the Mexican muralist who uh, came from Mexico City to L.A., uh, for this big project. And also his Dartmouth murals, they're chronological about a similar history, but I think more specific to the Latinx community. But that is in a private institution. And Baca's work, it's available for everybody to see. And so I think that in that regard, it is even more profound because of its visibility. And we've talked on this show about how artists will constantly outsource And Baca's use of so many assistants, I think, is great because of the transparency, that she is involving the community. She's making them feel like this work that is of her ideation is of everybody. We all get to contribute to it, and we all get to participate in the experience of either putting it up or consuming it. Yeah, another artist that I want to talk about is a friend of mine, and there's just too many to name, too many really incredible Latino painters who were, who were holding it down. Um, but Mr. Cartoon, uh, who Mark Machado, uh, but known as Mr. Cartoon is an American tattoo artist. And, uh, he started out doing t-shirts, low riders, still does low riders. If you see his personal collection, it's off the charts. I mean, it's like you, I mean, if you love cars, Mr. Cartoon's got, got that, you know, in spades, it's beautiful. Uh, also does really beautiful work, really beautiful lettering. Uh, he has a style called fine line style tattoo art, which, which, which was developed in the California prison system. But he's really, um, you know, people know him because he's, he's kind of one of those artists who has transcended his brand. I mean, he does also murals, you know, he's a little bit of a hybrid perhaps where he, he does a lot of tattoos and that's where he makes his money. You know, he's done tattooed, you know, Kobe and, uh, Red Man and Bow Wow and oh my God, so many people. Fifty Cent, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Method Man, Prodigy, Exhibit, etc. Wow. and so on. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> you know, you can't like if people want to get a Mr. Cartoon tattoo, you got to get on a waiting list. It's just the way it is because he's he's in demand. Um, he's done logos for Cypress Hill, so he's you know he's I know him him and my boy Estevan um, Estevan Oriel as. Uh, they had a, a movie production studio where they did movie posters and comps, et cetera, and so on as well. Uh, and then they had the, I mean, he's like one of those guys. Then he had a brand of clothing called Joker. You remember Joker was really big back in the days. Um, so he's kind of does it all. You know, he's, uh, he's done original paintings. He's done murals. He's very, very, very well known in the lowrider car world, painting cars, that's a huge thing. His fine line style. His tattoos are huge. I know he's done collaborations with Nike, for sure. He did the Nike Cortez uh, for a long time. He did a, he did a bunch of those. I mean, he's done everything. He works with brands. He does. We just saw him at Designer Con last year. He was doing toys. He does the toy line. So he's one of those guys like Ron English, or or Shepard Ferry, or perhaps myself, who who is not just relegated to one thing. Yes, he does murals. And I feel like he is democratic in that way. Uh, and, and at the same time, you know, he kind of is the 
quintessential cool. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Cartoon is just cool. And he's got, he's just got a lot of flavor and he just really represents, you know, that super Chicano feels gang. It feels prison. But at the same time, it's like, look at all these celebrities, these white celebrities getting his tattoos because he's the man, you know, and he's got a very identifiable style and he's just real. And I think that's what we, the same thing with Baca and, and, and cartoon is just like, these are people who are real and they're legit and they're not fake and they're not phony and they're not glossy. You know, with all of Cartoon's success, perhaps all of Cartoon's money, he's still not really glossy. You know, he's he's just he just keeps it real and authentic. And I think that's attractive. I'm really glad that you brought him up too, because we haven't really talked about the art of tattoos or non-traditional canvases yeah, like that a should be car. a whole other it should be, but the body is a canvas yeah. as a livable, moving, this ambulatory work of art. And it's the same with a car. And I think that's really non-conventional, but also incredibly cool. And with artists who are known for these, these types of, of work, I think it's also an embrace of low, that the canvas doesn't have to be this revered space in order to create. You can also find a lot of joy and a lot of meaning in looking for the non-conventional. And there is a relationship, too, between the Latinx community of artists and lettering, and specifically this cholo style of uh, writing that derives from Middle English. And it's a beautiful, very distinctive style of lettering. And this other artist, Big Sleeps, He's really well known for it too. So there are a few, he's a tattoo artist and I believe has done murals, but there is definitely a lettering LA style of art that is pretty much generated from members of this community. Have you seen it? Do you know Big Sleeps' work? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys and also uh, one of the guys that I love in terms of his photography is Esteban. You know, I mentioned that he had the brand of, uh, he did the movie, the movie posters, movie comp company with cartoon. Is he the iconic LA with the exactly. fingers? Exactly. Oh, yeah. But he takes a lot of like, you know, gang photos and um, just really beautiful black and white photography. He doesn't, you see his work and it, it, it has a lot of chiaroscuro, uh, a lot of darks and lights, but at the same time, it's really naturalistic. You know, you're not, this is not, it doesn't feel posed, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And now we're going into yet another, another category because we're talking about photography. But look at this, right? We've already talked about muralism, tattoo art, car art, and photography, all Latin artists, all really incredibly talented, Invigorating so many different kinds of art spaces. <laughs> exactly. But I just want to solidify this moment forever. The fact that you willingly brought up a photographer that you like. This is a, a moment for me. This could be a Facebook life event. Yeah. So I, I just want to honor that. But okay. yeah, I think in so that photograph, there is an element of posing. However, the character of the city and the character of what the photograph illustrates is so sincere and so it feels almost like it is just a snapshot even though as a viewer we know that there was an element of staging to it that there's still a naturalism but it's more on a like a somatic experience with the city so I really love that photography too um I would also like to point out one other artist who you know very well who I think is probably one of the best 
muralist alive is L. Mack. Do you know L. Mack? I do, of yeah, course. Yeah, L. Mack's incredible. I mean, he's a, he's a Mexican Chicano uh, artist, and he's he's definitely he is definitely one of my favorites. And the way he stylistically creates these portraits and these figures, and they're so beautiful and they're so classical, but it's he works in a very unique way where I believe I'm not 100% sure, but he, he has such incredible can control control over his medium that I've heard that he freezes his spray paints so that he's able to control the nib and the amount of spray coming out by, by freezing them. Uh, it's very interesting and I don't know how he does it, but he feels very different than every other muralist and for sure artists that are painting with spray paint because he has a ridiculous amount of can control. And if you notice that the way that he builds portraits, they're kind of like fractal rhythms that he uses to actually build the, the, the head or the, the model. He models it in kind of weird shapes. And I feel like it's just, Fantastic. Yeah, that's so inventive. And he is an interesting case study because he started out as a graffiti writer in a crew, and now he's better known for his portrait, the these big muralistic images. Right. And there's one in the downtown LA Arts District called Abuela, this incredible yes. philosophical, poetic view of a grandmother in her profile and gazing out toward the city. And I just I think that that's exemplary of his style because there are all of these evocative circles. And so we have the naturalism of the portrait, but also the stylization that may come from the swoops of his writing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that he's been able to bridge both of those worlds really effectively. So as you can see, we mentioned... Oh, wait, I have one more. No, but but I'm saying one more, but my point is it's endless. (laughs) This is not even like... one more we have to talk about. One of my favorite muralists ever. For sure, but but this is... You could see how this is endless, right? We said Estevan, Mr. Cartoon, El Mac, and these are not even people that I I was going to even bring up. I know, me neither. And now I'm just thinking, what about Vile? I mean, what? Yeah, Vile. Oh my God, his can control is insane. And he does all of these beautiful eyes... Yes. Which are does a lot of eyes. Yes, a lot of eyes. And I hired Vile <laughs> to do a car campaign once, and he did a lot of eyes on the car, which was very good. It's a signature. Well, Vile's a very big guy. He you is. Don't tell He's him huge. Not, you want to you <laughs> tell him not to do what he wants to do. No, he's super sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. He's a teddy bear, teddy bear for sure. But he's a he's he does have a lot of can control for sure. And he also does a lot of collaborations. And so I think that this all circles back to what Baca was doing, this idea of collaboration. And I don't know if that is a specific thing to L.A., but I see it again and again in all different spectrum in the city, where Vile is working with other artists. He does a lot of collaborations with Risk or Elmac. He works with Retina and tons of other people. And I think that there is something to be said for this idea of community and multiple perspectives. And Mm -hmm. I think there's something really remarkable about that because in traditional art history, we do lionize the one lone genius. Basquiat, when we talk about him, we conveniently forget to mention Al Diaz and his relationship in... I don't even know who Al Diaz is, so of course we forget to mention (laughs) it. Well, we shouldn't. Al Diaz taught Basquiat how to write graffiti, but it's sexier. Well, he didn't do a good job doing that. 
<laughs> what? Basquiat wasn't a great graffiti writer. Well, the same o. It's more about the concept than the execution. That's a different topic. But yeah, what well, I'm that, saying... Look how big that spider is. But what I'm saying is that we prefer to hero worship this one person who did it all on his or her own. And what I love about the L.A. scene being removed from the myopic epicenter of New York, which is so tethered to the market, is that we get to kind of push the envelope and embrace the community aspect as opposed to this lone individual. So furthering that, there's a muralist who works in Pacoima. She lives in Pacoima, is from Pacoima, very much celebrates that community, and her name is Christy Sandoval. And she is one of the most creative muralists I've ever seen. Pacoima is a must-see place. There are artists like Levi Ponce. I, uh, I love Christy Sandoval. She's my favorite. But there are tons of different artists who are working in Pacoima, who live in Pacoima, and really embrace that community that is predominantly Mexican-American. So Sandoval, there's this one mural that she did. It's called Decolonized. And it, that's, yep, it's a woman who has these beautiful blue dreadlocks and she is releasing birds from a cage, which is also a window. And so Sandoval is using the pre-existing architecture of the space in order to further her design. So what was a window has now become a cage. And then the awning of the door is the woman's dress. And it's just so incredibly, fantastically site-specific and whimsical. And the decolonized, I think, is interesting because Mm. this concept of colonization, of taking a culture and forcing that culture to be subsumed into a different culture, now that's been rewired. We're starting to disentangle ourselves from the colonizers and embrace the uniqueness, the individuality, the authenticity of the self. So her work, I think, is incredible, and she also invites members of the local community to help her with her designs, and she'll have kids paint. She's all about female empowerment, empowerment of the Latinx communities, and once again, that goes back to the energetic force of Baca, where you are, instead of just siphoning off your creativity for yourself, you're letting other people experience the joy of creation, Christy Sandoval, you need a more presence on Twitter. Because I'm trying to find her on um, on Instagram, and it's hard to find her. She's <laughs> tagged a lot, but she's... A ter- oh, there she is. And by, by the way, um, yeah, it's pintura.ksan. Yeah, she, in my opinion, is really an artist to watch. I think that she is contemporizing something that is decades old and very important, but putting her own spin on it. And her mural work is very much a a festive celebration of themes regarding, as I said, Latinx communities, but also women. But her canvas work is so much more personal and intimate where she explores processing through her art sexual assault and trauma that she experienced when she was young. And so I think she has both, the inward and the outward. Okay. Have you met her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a friend. I think that she's lovely, and that also helps. Are you plugging her because you love her? No, but I think it's always wonderful to find someone who's so creative and ambitious and also a really generous person. That's awesome. So good. 
she needs to listen to your words, A of all. B of all, she needs to bump up her Instagram. And C of all, <laughs> every one of you guys out there need to check her workout. All of these people. Because if Lizzie says it's important, with the exception of Rauschenberg uh, and Basquiat. <laughs> and Pollock. And Pollock, et cetera, and so, and uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then you should really listen to Lizzie. She really knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm never going to call you Bua again. It's only Justin. You're always in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.